Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner, joined today by my co-host, my my riding partner for today. That'll make sense to some of you that have listened in the past to, to JP's episodes, right? Big into cycling, mountain biking. I don't even know what we want to call it, JP. Is it cycling? Is it mountain biking? You tell me. It can be whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> we we actually have a big family ride planned for when we're done today. Um, nice. The kids have been planning a, like a 20-mile bike ride to Maplewood State Park. Um, and through the busyness of late summer, it's kind of gotten put off. And now uh, we have a, a wind at our back today, so we're going to go knock it out. It'll take us it's point to point. It'll take us the whole way there. So that's awesome. I, what a great day to do it. It's been like perfect fall weather here in Minnesota the last couple of days. I just think about, you know, a little bit of rain, a little bit of a little cold, but I'm like, man, football weather for me, right. Being a football guy, I have to imagine you're kind of in the same place. Feels like soccer game time. Yeah, for sure. The, the, especially the last week has really felt that way uh, Thursday night we were at cathedral um, at Whitney recreation center there in St. Cloud. And it just was like this perfect fall night. And then uh, yesterday we were in Fergus falls uh, in the afternoon. And again, it was just like this uh, kind of, it, it wasn't perfect for sure with the weather yesterday, yeah. but it definitely felt like fall and it's just that time of year. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. The weather kind of reconfirms that you're where you're supposed to be. You know, I, I love those, those nights on the sideline where it was like, it's crisp, it's brisk. It's, it's probably a little colder than we'd like, but my body's amping up. I'm ready to go because this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. Those, those nerves. I, you know, I said this in a podcast recently, like every time I stand in front of the group, my body is telling me it's time to go, right. It's preparing, it's nervous, it's anxious, that's good, right? That that like, hey, I'm I'm here. This matters. I want it to go well. Thinking about that for you guys and your season, your middle of the season. I was talking just a little bit. We were talking beforehand. Like we've had you on post the track season and post the documentary kind of coming out and all of the stuff that that brought in with your diagnosis and all that stuff. And then we had post soccer last year we've never really had this conversation in season and i wanted to kind of shed a light on just our process because we we talk quite a bit about what's going on you text me the other day you're like man i feel like our whole conversation is me venting complaining struggling with some soccer stuff so you guys are in a in a bit of a struggle right now in terms of outcomes on the win loss side, but as we've talked, it's felt like you guys are starting to put some pieces together. Let's talk about the season just a little bit, where you guys are at and what you've been struggling with and how maybe a little bit things are, things are turning the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 for those that don't know, we had two years in a row in the section final. Um, we graduated a big group of guys last year. We had eight graduate that were key players. And we also had two starters move away. Um, which made five starters in the past two years that have moved away that would all still currently be on the team right now. So we knew we were a little behind it um, at the beginning of the season. Um, I have an incredible group of guys, though. Um, I think the culture is probably as good or the best that it's ever been within the team as far as just a togetherness, a family feel. Um, and so 
things were off to a really good start. We had a great uh, preseason. Uh, first game of the year, uh, we lost our captain, uh, Subir Farah, uh, planted 10 yards in front of me on the sideline, went down non-contact ACL tear. Um, and he's, he is uh, definitely one of those guys who's kind of the lifeblood of the team. And, um, and it's a family that I'm the closest with um, just by nature of the relationship with the parents and, um, and dad was on the road. So I had to go meet with mom and dad, or I had to go uh, meet with the family and, and call dad in on a, like a group call. Cause he was out on the road driving truck and I had to tell him, Hey, your, your son tore his ACL. And that was a really hard conversation. Um, and, and the guys seemed to kind of rebound and we moved through we won the next game um, we were competitive for a while but um you know it it has been just a lot of close games i think we have uh three losses now by a single goal uh, we lost to minawaska 1-0 um i'm trying to think there's been too many games jamie uh, we, <laughs> we've had we've had a lot of games oh we lost crookston 1-0 and then we lost yesterday to Fergus two to one. Um, we're playing for the most part. We're playing well. We're just not quite getting over the hump. Um, and while a lot of my, like you get a lot of my venting, right. And, and here's yeah. what like coaches need to have that circle. That's maybe yeah. not their coaching staff. I have a tremendous coaching staff with Andy Johnson and Ubilo Fernandez, and they are very close friends and we talk all the time, but there are times that I need not their opinion. Um, yeah. just because I think sometimes in the coaching vacuum, you can get too focused on what's going on. And so, uh, people like you, um, Trevor occasionally gets texts from me. Um, John Shirky gets texts from me once in a while. Jeremy Christensen gets texts from me. Um, just talking about what's going well and what's not. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, you've, you've heard a lot of it on my end. Um, but like I said, the guys have been great. And one thing that I've been really thankful for, and I think we talked about in the fall is um, at the end of last season, and I try to do this most years, bring the seniors in and have them tell me, you know, we sit around a campfire, we sit around my kitchen table and I tell them, tell me everything we're doing right and tell me everything we're doing wrong and tell me what needs to change. And they, because of how we are honest in our program, uh, they'll unload. Yeah. And so, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, but, uh, then we also listen and we try to really enact a lot of new things. So we've done a lot more team, uh, gatherings, um, team meals when we can, um, uh, we've tried to make the bus rides more intentional and we bring a whole box of board games and, uh, we were already taking cell phones away. We've done that forever. Um, yeah. And they go in the big orange box, but then we get out a box of board games and connect four and the guys play Uno and it's, you know, it's a more intentional time together. Um, we work really hard at telling each other we love each other. Um, and, you know, so when I, I got up and, and we knew it, Subir Torres ACL, you know, it was yeah. one of those things you see it happen and there's nobody around him, you know, and I just, cried in front of the team afterwards because of mm. how much these kids mean and a lot of the guys came over and you know we were quite emotional together um yeah but we've we've worked a lot on that and so you know when we have had the opportunity to practice and put things you know 
uh, in place, um, there's been response, you know, and there's continued to be response um, when we need it. And that's, that's so big. And one, one other thing um, that we really started to do this year is um, I felt after last season, I was, you know, I had worked with this group of guys that all graduated um, and we were, we had made this awesome soccer team. Right. And they all left and I wasn't convinced I had done the best job of making them into good men. Um, sure. And that's not to say they're, they're bad men, but I yeah. didn't, I felt I had come up short. And so in a lot of conversations with you and, and especially with Trevor, um, yeah. kind of guided this, um, we, we have started now, um, a leadership council within our team. Um, it's something that I'm a big fan of Jesse Marsh, who coaches at Leeds United in the yeah. Premier League. He has a leadership council he talks about a lot. Um, but we have seven guys, eight guys on that. They come eat with me twice a week during lunch, and we go through. Uh, we're going through Twin Thieves, um, which is a great leadership book. Um, sometimes it's like, you know, a little laughable, but it's really good stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and then we also started with our seventh, eighth and ninth graders that one day a week of practice, um, they go, whether they're varsity or JV, they go with coach Johnson and they're going through the same book. And they, sure. for, so like for an hour, they meet with him and then they come out and do their conditioning at the end of practice and they have extra time. We have a, a portion of practice called extra time where you can work on whatever you want to. Um, and so they, they've been doing that, which again, when we talk about, we haven't had much time to practice. Yeah. We, we have clung to this long-term vision of like, we're going to build good leaders here. And that means that on days, weeks where we only have two practices, one of those practices for the young guys is going to be getting into this book. Um, yeah. And then the plan is uh, next year, we'll do a different book and the third year we'll do a different, and then we'll start the cycle over again. Um, and hopefully, you know, and that's, for those of you that have listened to me talk or Jamie, like I'm huge into long-term athletic development. Yeah. And one of the pieces with that, that fits like literally within the model is that you onboard leadership stuff in middle school. So that by the time you get to the, you know, they have a different name for it, but by the time they get to senior high, the, the leadership is already there and you can work on other stuff. And yeah. so, um, but all those pieces, I think, have been valuable for us in just kind of staying focused on what's important. And well, that you you talk about like guys still willing to respond. You know, when you're when you're struggling for, with results on the field, I think one of the things that we as coaches understand is like no results means less engagement. Less engagement means less capacity to develop their skills, and the spiral just begins right like we we spiral farther and farther away from actually being able to change the trajectory here because they aren't showing up with an attitude like well we're still getting better they're not seeing any progress because the result in the field isn't there you talk about that willingness to respond it has to come from okay we're not just focusing solely on the results on the field. We're not just focusing solely on, did I do this one drill right? And did it show up on the, on the film that we're watching? You know, like there's more to it that I can assess my progress on. And I feel like I'm moving in different parts of my life and I feel like I'm being supported by the coaching staff in doing that. So I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep investing. That's not an easy thing to do because like you just talked about, you have to sacrifice 
a lot of time that maybe you don't have. What's that been like? Let's talk about the time constraints, restrictions, challenges, because you guys just got through a stretch of playing four games in seven days. There's not much practice there. And that's kind of been your whole fall, right? Yeah. So talk to us about how that's going, what it's like to try and develop with a schedule like that. What, you know, what you would maybe like to see change in that. I don't know. Like it's a complicated <laughs> conversation. It is a complicated conversation. Um, yeah. And, and actually we, uh, we just finished seven in two weeks. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've, I think we've practiced five days in the last two and a half weeks. So that's, that is in itself challenging. Um, and I think, you know, on my end, like within, within what we do in the program, the part that sometimes I have to be like, we're playing a long game here. Um, like I said, we have the, the last 30 minutes of every day is called extra time. And it's an idea where you can come in and like you're done with your lifting or your, your conditioning for the day and you get to work on whatever you want to work on. And so some guys will like sit and juggle for 30 minutes because they know that's what they need to do. And there has been times where I'm like, I would rather be like teaching you during this time, direct instruction. But the, what is our long-term goal of extra time? It is to create ownership of what you're doing. And we're seeing that, you know, we're seeing the guy who takes a free kick and he's like, I can't get it to the six consistently. I better take a lot of free kicks and make sure they all get to the six or the guy that has having trouble heading the ball a lot, have his teammate be like, throw me the ball a hundred times and I'm going to head yeah. it. You know, like there's those, those pieces that, and the coaches, we just sit back and we watch them. And if they need help, they come and get us. Do they, um, they do engage you in that process? Yes. They come and yeah. like look they'll, for direct they'll instruction. They'll, they'll typically go and ask Ubilio. Um, <laughs> and, and they kind of let me and Mr. Johnson just supervise, but um, they are very productive in that time. And when we've had so few practices lately, um, it's really challenging on my end to not be like, yo, we're working on this as a group. Versus yeah. like, no, no, you still go half. And, and I think, you know, we were talking before, before we, we got rolling here, there's that, that angst and that mental stress of the players when you have to play and you have to play and you have to play and you just never get to take a breath. And that extra time I've seen is really providing our guys with just some time to like, he's not going to come and be on us about like, we can just do this. And if I just want to pass the ball with my teammates for 20 minutes, that's fine. And yeah, there's that, that's been the, within what I can control, that's yeah. been the challenging part for me on my day to day is to let those kids just be kids and have fun during that time. When I know we're all going to be here till six anyways, we might as well work, but I, mm -hmm. but I, you know, we put that time in place for long-term, you have taken ownership of what you need to work on. It's such an interesting conversation because I've had coaches that I've been working with just this fall even be like, we lack ownership, right? That, that's that been the exact word that they use. And, and my thought is like, okay, let's teach the ownership piece. Let's teach what that looks like to take ownership, to, to be accountable, to, to be responsible for your own learning. But so much of that is just a byproduct of space and time. Like 
we have so few kids and I like I was listening to a, a parenting podcast. I think it was a Glennon Doyle podcast, but anyway, um, she was talking to a parenting expert and there she's like, uh, we have a, a endemic problem in our society where parents remove frustration from their athletes, from their children so that they don't have to deal with their child's frustration like that that creates stress for us well what you're talking about is the same thing as a coach am i creating space for them to actually have ownership and that the discomfort that that causes me is my problem not the athletes right like and it like i think about that in the same way as parenting right their discomfort is something i have to manage for myself not for them right the discomfort i'm feeling is not their problem right? The discomfort you're feeling around, we didn't get this time to work on this thing is not the, the athlete's problem, right? I just think that that's such a powerful thing to think about. If you're struggling to create ownership, are you giving them time to own their learning and their practice and what they need to get better at? It might not be the thing that if you, I mean, I know that you guys do an algorithm in your film study, you guys have an, like you guys have a really complex, not maybe not complex, but a really sophisticated process of figuring out where do we need to get better? I'm sure you could tell the kids, this is how you need to use your extra time, but they get the choice, right? Like that's an amazing, again, it's a gift you're giving these athletes. And, and I, and I hear it, you know, the kid that isn't getting into the six yard box needs to take those reps, right? He's, yeah. he understands that and he's going to go and do that. So they, they do get it. It might just take more time than you were hoping. And that then creates a little bit of discomfort for us. Yeah. Well, and, and some of it came too from like the discussions you know, you do have, and we see this in basketball a lot, right? The basketball is the easy one to see because you have open gym, right? Yeah. And sure, you have the kid that comes in and turns on like the Steph Curry warm up, and he goes through it, and he's just meticulous about it, and he go he puts in good reps. But what do a lot of kids do at open gym time? Mm -hmm. They come in and they just jack stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they shoot threes for an hour with no like, like rhyme or reason, and. And so I started to think about like these kids that I'm working with are just like every other kid that is out there. If they don't have some direction yeah. on their own time, they're not going to go do it. What if we could give them that same time built into our practice every day and we're kind of there and it's the season so we can give them direction uh, if they're totally, you know, like if everybody's lining up taking penalties, I'm like, look, there's three guys that take penalties on our team and you're not one of them. Go do something else. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that, that will happen. That conversation or yeah. somebody's taking free kicks. It's like, no, you do not take free, go do something else. And then a lot of times we'll say to them, go talk to your teammate about what you guys can work on and they'll figure something out to work on. And then they really get after it. And you know, Andy and I'll look around and oh, Henry and Abdi are working and Arturo and this person's working. All of a sudden we're like, man, everybody's busy yeah. and having fun, but working hard. And so, yeah, well, and that, that was my next question, right? I'm a systems guy. So what's the system that you like? Do you have like stations set up that you can just choose to go to? Like they just, they're autonomous there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally autonomous. Some of it comes from the journal writing. So that was one of the things too, is we had journal writing in the past but it was pretty copy paste from day to day. And the seniors were like, this is monotonous. Like either yeah. do it once a week yeah. if you're going to ask those or you got to come up with different questions. So um, I spent about a week in, in late July 
writing out a year's worth of journal or a season's worth and everything is different. And, um, you know, we cycle through things, but some of it is a lot of just self-reflection on what's going well, what do you need to work on? And then we'll kind of remind them sometimes, Hey, when it's extra time, think about what you wrote in your journal and let that guide what you're going to go do. And then that's easy for them to see and like grab and then go do what they need to. For sure. That straight line is so important, right? I, like we, we have to point them directly at the thing. Well, what have you done? You've created situations to point them directly at the thing over and over and over again. If you see patterns or trends in your journal, that's probably what you need to be spending your extra time focused on and working on. And I, I was talking to my wife probably like uh, your like 10th day of practice or so, because I was, uh, working through some journaling stuff for another program. Like I just, I also will write a whole season's worth of journal questions and try and plan it around a schedule, right? The thing that I think is really powerful about the way that you guys manage the process is like you have, you know, like, again, if you go back and listen to previous episodes of JP, we've talked about having nine to 12 practices and you're like 12 is too many. We're going to have kind of nine. We're going to, we're going to, simplify our practice process even. So like, I know exactly what we're doing on exactly this day throughout the course of the year, you and I have had gone back and forth where I'm like, well, is that exactly this practice plan every single time? And you're like, nope, it changes, it modifies, but like, we at least know what our, maybe our three core objectives are every single day. Well, when you start thinking about my practice plan is laid out that way, it's really easy to ask journal questions, right? It's really, really easy to ask how is this thing that we've done now three or four times in practice and we just had a scrimmage, how did it show up at the scrimmage, right? Because that's the day that I'm thinking about. So talk to me about how much easier that process is for your athletes than it might be for somebody that has a little bit more of a a haphazard approach, if you will. Because I think your kids have a ton of direction, even though you said it's completely autonomous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um you know, the, the journal piece does give them some guidance. And honestly, when we've been playing so much, like I will be totally honest, Mr. Johnson was sick all week this week. One of my assistants, yeah. he's the guy who does all the checking. So every day, some kid asks, are we checking journals today? And I said, no, because the guy who checks them is not here. And the other, we have other things to do, but there, and I had one boy tell me, he's like, yeah, I did two weeks of my journal last night. You know, just, and I'm like, yeah, but you still did it. Right. And they're all different questions. So he could go through and think about it. Um, And like you said, it, it helps when the season's laid out ahead of time. It helps when we can know, kind of know practice wise, where we're going to be at, Um, you know, and then the, the other pieces, there's some repeating questions that just don't ever disappear and they have nothing to do with soccer. They're just more about lifestyle. They're like, how many, you know, what time did you go to bed last night? What time did you wake up? How many hours of sleep does that equal? Um, and that yeah. like, and I've told and uh, Mr. Johnson, Andy, I've said, it, I don't even care what they're like, if they're getting in that seven to eight window, I want them to just be thinking about it all the time, yeah. you know? And that's, that's more of like a mental health counseling, like a proactive thing that like, let's get thinking about our sleep all the time. And, and then they have to talk about how they feel physically you know, based on what you said for your sleep, how are you feeling today physically? And most of them have started to really pick up on like, oh, these things kind of go together. So 
again, draw the straight line, like just give them the direct connection, right? Like, yeah. And I think we, you know, I'll speak for me. I'm not going to generalize for all coaches, but when I was coaching and when I'm working with teams, I know for a fact, I make a ton of assumptions about the kids know this. They should know this. It's obvious. It's easy. Here it is. Like the one thing that we were just talking about this week that I think made me prompt asking you to be on again was this idea of practice being preparation and like us as coaches, assuming that all of our athletes understand, oh, we do this in practice because we're going to do this in a game. And the straight line is really obvious. And I'm just going to tell you, it is not really obvious to the athletes often. You were mentioning, you know, Tuesday you guys played, did not play terribly well, had a frustrating day after having a good day last Saturday. You're like, uh, what happened? And you said, we needed to get back to letting the athletes know practice is our time to prepare for game time. Right. And again, with this ebb and flow of a ton of games, not much practice, you lose sight of that. So how did you get back on track on Wednesday? Because this, this thing really, really kind of struck me as, as a powerful thing. A lot of coaches need to hear. Uh, well, the first part I'll tell you, I don't know that they need to hear this part. They'll just think it might be funny. Um, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Coach K fan. Uh, if if you do not listen to the JJ Reddick Old Man and the Three podcast, you need to. Yeah. It's long form interviews. Even if you hate Duke, like it's so yeah. good because he talks to these elite guys and they have real conversations. But they always tell good Coach K stories. And one of the stories I had heard was that after they had played poorly one year. Uh, during a game, this is when uh, Jason Tatum was playing for them. They got to the locker room the next day and all their nice practice gear was in garbage bags outside the door. And they had like t-shirts from Walmart just sitting there. <laughs> and, and I thought that, you know, I, I got to save that for an appropriate time. And uh, we had all these. Uh, so our original practice t-shirts from 2016 were like cotton and they were not the nice soft cotton. And I still had them like in a bin just sitting around. And so I got back Tuesday night and we hadn't shown up and we were sad about how the field looked and at the opponent's place. And, and I just thought we kind of need to get focused again. And I, so I pulled these old shirts out and took the nice stuff away. And uh, cause we wash their gear every day and the boys got to practice th Wednesday and I heard one of them say, where, where's, where's our normal stuff? Why is this old stuff here? And one of our captains said, I don't think we deserve the good stuff right now. Um, and then we <laughs> talked, and we talked about it as a team. And I just said, you know, you're, you have been, we worked really hard on Monday about what we needed to do in the game. Um, and not even like little activities, like whole field stuff. And I'm like, you're, you're kind of, uh, and I see this a lot in the, in the last few years. Um, it, this is definitely, you know, like the TikTok generation, right. The Snapchat generation. Um, these kids, a lot of them are just in the moment of whatever they're in. Yeah. Um, and getting them to see beyond that is a challenge. And, and I just, I told him, I'm like, you've been doing practice to just complete the activity I'm asking you. And I need yeah. you 
I need us to get back to as a team, you know, you need to get back as a team to doing this and seeing it globally and how it's going to function on the pitch tomorrow. And um, they really responded, you know, um, they were awesome in practice. We went down to cathedral, play the number one seed in the section. Um, and I would say they're the favorite to win it again this year. Um, and we played just to an absolute, you know, fight of a game and ended up coming up short two to zero, but you know, we got done and, and I'm like, did we put into practice what we did yesterday? And they were like, yeah, you know, like we played as well as we could. And, um, and, and, you know, I told them afterwards, I'm like, you get your good practice gear back tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, and then the challenge was, I said, you know, you raised your level back up. And, and I think sometimes then we want to drop back off again because we're content. And I just said, we just got to keep raising the level. And uh, Friday, we had a real good practice, even though it was raining the whole time and uncomfortable and not fun. And then we went out and executed really well again yesterday, just a couple mistakes. And we go down two one to the best team in the north half of the section, Fergus Falls. So, you know, it's just yeah. been about, it's been about getting back to the things that we do and how do we go about making sure we do those things. And, you know, it's not honestly, it's not any different, Jamie, than a year ago, almost the same time we were on kind of a slide with this team that everybody thought was just unbeatable. And we had to kind of go through the same process of like, yeah, you know, what are, what are our core beliefs? What are our core ideals on the field? How do we execute them? Um, and so, you know, I, I, we are all hopeful. Even yesterday we got back and the guys said, Hey, we played really well. We just got to keep chipping away. But, um, it's definitely been challenging and sometimes you got to get creative and, and have those things in your back pocket that you're like, okay, boy, I hope I don't ever have to take all the practice gear away and give them these old gray t-shirts. But if I need to, we will. So, and, well, and the, when you play that card, if they don't respond, you're screwed. Right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> if they, you are absolutely. If they had not, if they had not like responded in practice and then played so well on Thursday, boy, then Friday gets tough. Um, yeah. And so I, I also knew the group I had, I probably could get that response out of them or yeah. I would not have tried it because that you're playing with fire a little bit when you get to those points of motivation. For sure. And that, that's the hard thing about losing that. And, you know, you guys are banged up. You talk about, you know, concussion or a captain goes down in ACL. You talk about, you know, another leader had a concussion that you were without for a little while. Like there's just these things that, pile up and what happens is we start to focus our attention on the losses or the close losses the mistakes during the loss we start to focus on the lack of uh you know older athletes that get to play because of injury or whatever and now we're starting to focus on maybe a younger athlete made a mistake or whatever it is and the thing that you said is like no no, no. and the thing that I, like practice isn't just this thing we do after school it actually has a purpose that we're going to try to draw like again just draw straight lines coaches out there leaders out there like show them exactly where this thing is going to show up and we're going to have a better opportunity for it to show up again and then you know like if you have to have to dig in the bag of tricks because you listen to a podcast or because you watch a show or you read a book like try something to change the focus for the athlete okay why are we in this old stuff right now like okay now 
now that brings the attention to, okay, practice isn't just this opportunity after school. It's, a, it's trying to teach you something. We're trying to learn skills that are now translatable tomorrow when we play again. I think that's, that's just a really complicated needle to thread at the end of September, right? Like in week eight of a season, because it's just, it gets to a point where the kids are like, it's just something we do. Mm-hmm. It's all, it kind of, it doesn't matter what job well, you're in. doesn't matter what place yeah. you're at. And, and I think that's the realization that all coaches need to constantly have with whatever sport. Most of your kids are not the 5%. Most of your kids are the 95% who this is just for fun. And it, and it should be right. But most yeah. of these kids don't have not only on my team in every team in the state and in the country, most kids have the desire to just do something fun after school with their friends. And we sometimes think uh, whether we're mediocre or a great team, we tend to think everybody wants to play in college and beyond. And that's not the case. And so as long as we keep turning it back to, you know, one, one thing we talked a lot about this last week is like, how you respond to adversity, you know, like you show up and you don't like the field of the opponent we're playing at. Okay. It's out of your control. Like someday you're going to be a dad and something's going to happen and you can shut down because you don't like what happened, or you can keep, you know, working hard for your family and working through things with your wife. Like at some point you're going to probably be married and like you can shut down when things don't go well with your spouse and you're going to have a really crummy marriage or you can yeah. keep working. And, yeah. you know, like, so I, I just constantly, I'm also trying to draw them back. It's like, guys, we're, we're here for, to learn skills that you need later. Like this is going to be done in three weeks or four weeks if we're lucky. Yeah. And still and done then, though. Yeah. It's still done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly. And so like, then like what I have, and it gets back to like, am I making good men? You know, am I making good men? And, and are we able to work through things so later they can remember, you know, even if they were a 95% kid, they'll remember, Hey, this, this was more about other things and now I can carry it on. Well, and I, I had, a tremendous amount of success as an athlete. It was, it was a great experience for me. And most of us that coach, we were, we were somewhere in the 5%, maybe not right at the tippy top. I was not right. I was probably, I was probably the, the fifth percent. Right. But I got to be a part of these experiences where I just learned like it was going to end. Right. I, I remember my freshman year of high school, we lost in the state finals. And I remember just sobbing on my bed, like, and it wasn't because we lost. It was because I didn't get to spend time with those guys anymore because the experience itself was over. And yeah, that experience was magnified a hundredfold because of all the success, right? And because we got lavished on by our community and like you were recognized, like all that stuff matters, sure. But deep down, the end result was that it was over anyway. Like, so who are we becoming through that process? Like, that's the more important question. I think back to the Tom Ryan podcast uh, Ohio State head coach he, he talked about leadership council stuff he's like if I cancel a leadership council because we need more practice like shame on me man like that's not what we're about right if 
if I take away from that time, then who, who am I really? Like, what am I expressing is important to these people and to these young people that are going to go and be dads and be husbands and be leaders in our community? That's what we want from them. So shouldn't we be focusing on teaching them those skills? And then again, draw the straight line to the skill from practice on a Wednesday to husband 20 years from now, right? Like that's a really important thing to just step aside and say, do I have the global vision too? Like, am I concentrating on that often enough? Man, I, it's, it's powerful and it's really freaking hard yeah. to do well, consistently, cause, right? Cause we're, we're working with kids that don't have a fully formed frontal cortex yet and, <laughs> and like a fully formed brain. So like there's some stuff that they're just not going to get and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, well, Dude, I, I'm so grateful for our relationship. These continued conversations stretch me and grow me. And I, I'm excited to bring this to people to listen to because like we said before we got on and maybe even like not, not all coaches reach outside of their staff midseason to be or have that community to reach out to and say, this is... I don't need the echo chamber of this is what we're doing. Are we, are we doing this? This is what's going on. What do you see? What do you hear when I say these things? That's a really important thing to have. And I'm glad I can be a part of that community. Like I, I wish I was, was more of service sometimes. Cause I don't, I don't know soccer that well, but I like, I ask some questions that I hope get you guys thinking and, and to be able to have, you know, this thinking in public conversation again, like just really powerful stuff. And thanks for being an example for that, for our, for our listeners and for, for your community too. For sure. Well, and I got to tell one like eyes up family story. Uh, sure. We played Minnewaska like two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, although I have texted with Trevor now for over a year and zoomed with him a bunch, I'd never met him. Yeah. Um, so I put, uh, I told the boys, I'm like, I told them a little bit about Trevor and, uh, what's going on. And I said, I'm not going to wear Pelican orange and black tomorrow. I'm going to wear blue pants and I'm going to wear my Solemn strong t-shirt and on my eyes up hat. And, uh, they were like, okay. And, uh, you know, and again, I couldn't tell them everything without getting a little emotional about it. And so yeah without me knowing in the, in their own group chat, they were like, we're all wearing blue tomorrow to the game. Yeah. And so, uh, if you're if you go on my Instagram or on my Facebook, you'll see the whole Pelican team showed up wearing blue, uh, to an away game, <laughs> wearing the colors of the other team, yeah, uh, just to show some love to Trevor and, and, uh, and, and they recognize to his hand you know, his hand yeah. in, in with the leadership council and what's going on with that. And uh, it was just a really cool moment to see their maturity and also just their gratitude for his impact on the team. Um, and yeah, it was it definitely, even though we went out and then lost one zero in a heartbreaker to Minnewaska, it was definitely like one of my highlights of the season, just seeing the boys sure. do the right thing, you know, yeah. without me, without me telling them they needed to do that. Well, and, and I was really struck by it because your post is like, sometimes 
your enemy, your opponent isn't the thing we need to focus on, right? It's not the thing that matters today. There's so much going on that's bigger than sport and bigger than, than all of this. And what it, what it reflected on is like Trevor's generosity to your program, right? But also the guys recognizing like, hey, we can be here in solidarity. We can support this stuff. And and the thing that I, you know, and I even used the example because I was meeting with a leadership group shortly after, but I just said like the the model that JP sets for his guys is such that you can do that. You can have the freedom to say, we're going to wear blue too. We don't care, right? Are you leading like that out there, everyone? Are you setting a model and an example that says it doesn't matter if we win or lose today? It doesn't matter if we wear black and orange today. What matters is that that our hearts are full and that we're being generous and that we're growing as people and serving our community and loving on others through this opportunity we get, which is sport, right? That's Dude, it's awesome. I, I appreciate you and and good luck as you guys go here. I, I know that no matter what, no matter how many weeks you get, no matter how many games you win, these young men are getting better because you're in their life and, and so am I. So thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. And to all of you out there, thanks for joining. And as always, live eyes up.